Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to Cavs Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I'm here with Chris Francis. And we just watched the Cavs. We watched a little bit of a fourth quarter Cavalanche, a little right. uh, little mountain slide there. Uh, the Cavs uh, uh, pretty much hung with Atlanta till right till the end, and then they kind of blew the doors off them in the last five minutes. Uh, yeah, I think it was like more like a glacial, just like demolition. Yeah, you know for sure. It was like a or a boa constrictor. Like, <laughs> it was just like it was methodical, you know. That was. that was actually the thing that's, you know, that was crazy. I don't even know what we just witnessed. <laughs> it's true, and you know the the crazy thing is is that was one of those like you know a guy is a superstar when you don't you think he's kind of having a ho-hum game and then you look down and donovan mitchell's got 29 points and nine rebounds and or sorry nine assists and three steals and you know is plus 14 for the game uh you know donovan mitchell was just like so steady just steady as a rock tonight uh yep. really really just it went beyond the, the ship for the Cavs. Exactly. Yeah. I just felt like there was a calm. He had a calming presence on the court. And, oh, for sure. And just also a sense of the moment when to when to take it over, you know, and just yeah. get a bucket, you know, get a so, get a crucial momentum bucket or something. My you know? two favorite plays by Donovan Mitchell were actually timeouts. <laughs> so at like the six or eight minute mark in the fourth quarter. Uh, he was gassed, and he took a timeout. He just like, I got to get a rest, and he took a timeout, which I thought was great because, you know, what we've seen from the Cavs, especially in that losing streak, is you'd have the big highs, and then they wouldn't manage the energy levels, and they wouldn't have enough to finish the game. And I thought that was a really smart timeout. And the other one was uh, so, sometime in the last two minutes, uh, they had a little bit of a hard time getting the ball inbounds. Donovan Mitchell just took a timeout. He was like, nope, we're going to get the right play in here and uh, not turn it over like we have been late in the fourth quarter in these other games, and uh, that did it. It was, uh, I mean, that's kind of that calming presence you were talking about. 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to in the playoffs is minimizing mistakes and valuing every possession. And he has a, you know, like he even talked about it. Like he talked about one of his memories losing in the playoffs was, um, oh, it was the 50-point game, the game that he went off. He claims that the reason, part of the reason why they lost that game anyway was because there was a turnover he had in that game where he walked the ball up and got an eight-second call on him, you know? And he was just like, it burned into his memory, like, you know, wow. You know, I just wanted to casually walk up the ball. It, you it's know, the it, details. The yeah, details matter. it's the details. Yeah, exactly. That's what matters in the playoffs. And, you oh. know, that's the kind of mentality I think that, you know, that's what a champion, you know, that's what a champion brings, you know, a championship mentality is, you know, yeah. just having that kind of attention to detail, just like you said, that's perfect. You know, like, that's what it is, just knowing all aspects of the game and, and, and playing it to your advantage. Well, and having the leadership to make those decisions, like, don't uh, wait for the coach, don't, you see something going wrong. You know, right? Step in yeah, and, exactly. It takes some agency. And, and, You're the guy yeah. on the court. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I, no, that's a that's actually a great point. Is like it happens a lot more in college. I don't think it happens as much in the NBA. But like where a coach is over coaching and just like guys are paralyzed. They don't even know mm-hmm. what to do in the situation because they've been, you know, just coached to defer to the coach. You know what I mean? Yep. So, but you know, that's probably a issue like i said in college <laughs> yeah more so than the nba but you know i mean i guess on a young team like the Cavs, it matters oh for sure and the Cavs, i mean it's really interesting the Cavs are riding a three three game win streak all of a sudden um and this is after what did they have a five or a six game lose streak losing streak six five 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 game losing streak um definitely some tough luck games in there Obviously, even that Hornets game that uh, the Cavs won on Friday, that was an adventure. Never should have gone to overtime. Um, but they gutted it out, and I, I felt like they learned a lot of lessons. Definitely took it to the Heat yesterday. You know, did everything you should do against a depleted Heat team. Just that was another methodical win. Uh, where they, I think they were up 30 at one point in the middle. Oh, yeah, they took care of business. They gave them the business. Why are the starters playing? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Right. But. Well, no, that's a great point because what I was going to say is that, you know, the thing that they, the thing that they learned was that what's getting reinforced over the past two games that we're covering tonight is. Two games uh, and one overtime. Exactly. (laughs) The, the, uh, that. Um, it's their defense, half-court defense. If they can get yeah. the game into a half-court game, control the pay. You know, JB actually had a great quote in the beginning of the game with John Michael. They interview JB just before the game now. And JB had a great quote about, you know, what does it look like if the if the Cavs are locked in, what does the game look like is the question that John Michael asked him. And JB said, it's the pace. If we're locked in, this is a half court game, you know, we're, 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 we're controlling the pace, you know, and we're controlling right. the pace with our defense. And, 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 and basically you 100% that's the le- saw that tonight. Exactly. You, and you saw that with the, the Miami game. What, I mean, 
the on-ball defense that you know it was incredible on-ball defense being played by both uh that night I just remember it was a Coro, Karis Levert, Chetty, just like all three guys on the perimeter were so locked in on that Miami game yeah. and and blew the doors off that game, you know, and tonight who was everybody was locked in. It was a collective effort again, you know, Chetty was locked in, had a big game. Uh, Okoro had a big game despite not being able to not foul. Like, he's got to knock that shit off. Like, come on, man. <laughs> well, be- I didn't get to – I didn't watch the first half, uh, I'll, I'll admit. And so I only saw the one half in the – one foul in the second half, and I thought he looked great in the second half uh, defensively. Uh, oh, I mean, but- he was just solid all game. Yeah, I mean, it will, he was he was given – he was definitely given good minutes, and it was just – the problem was he was just fouling. Like he, I think he ended up with five fouls in fifteen minutes or something. Four, four and fifteen, but yeah, at least according to the box score. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, and the other thing that was a big problem tonight that this game wouldn't have been nearly as close as it was if not for the Cavs' nineteen turnovers. Um, and the big problem was eight of those were Darius Garland, um, pretty careless with the ball at times. Um, I, I would say the other guy that's a little bit guilty there is Evan Mobley, uh, who still kind of learning how to play around the post and play around the basket. And I feel like sometimes he looks for the perfect pass when he should just shoot it. And part of that's just trusting his offense. Like, there was a couple times Well, that was he, the problem. Yeah, I mean, like, that's literally what the scout report was on him coming out of college it was the thing that he's gonna have to work on in order to become a great player is he tends to he's a he tends to shrink a little bit basically you know when and be too passive instead of stay aggressive and uh you know and you know, I, I don't take too much away from the turnovers or anything. I mean, it was the second game of a back-to-back, you know. Oh, like, for sure. Like they're, they're, And also, actually, it's great you pointed out it was Mobley and it was Mobley and Garland, the primary culprits. But, I mean, then you're also pointing out the two youngest players on the, on the you know, in the rotation pretty much, besides Coro. <laughs> yeah. So. And I, the one thing I love that you were talking about, pace – was what the Cavs did with pace tonight was not um, they they played half court defense, but they ran on offense when it made sense. Like they turned yep. those blocks and those steals into just beautiful fast break opportunities, and they were stealing all, so many cheap yeah. points with Chetty. You know, Chetty uh, reminded me kind of like, uh, actually, kind of reminded me of like Colin Sexton on the, you know, on the leak out. You know, just yeah, he's except really Chetty's good. so much taller, and he can catch those. And you're right, instead. exactly. Except now he's yeah. getting he we're getting finishes instead of block shots. <laughs> well, what I think I said a couple of weeks ago, like the best. Uh, the best touchdown combination in Cleveland over the last five, six years has been uh, Kevin Love to Chetty Osmond. <laughs> so, oh, right, I mean, right, yeah. Even better than the Browns, I would say. So, you know, Chetty was just electric tonight. 23 points, 8 of 10 from the floor, 3 of 4 from 3, you know, 3 rebounds, only one turnover, you know, well, had his deflections too, and then... You well, know, I need to take a victory awesome. lap on it because I guess, you know, JB must have read my recap 
you know, where I blasted him for only giving him seven minutes the the game the the yeah you know what I mean. Finally, he plays him. Oh, for him. sure. He now he plays him thirty seven minutes. How much did he play tonight? Like I bet he played like thirty. Uh, he played twenty eight. Twenty eight. So I mean, yeah. So finally, Jamie well, got the memo. As good as he was this game, he was even better against Miami. Like Miami, right. he he had. Did you see what his plus minus was against Miami? Oh yeah, it was like a net fifty. It was, it was yeah. Like, it was he was plus thirty nine. Yeah. Oh <laughs> it was yeah. Insane. Yeah. Uh, Harris was actually rebounds. a plus seventy, which was insane. Like a, a wow. net rating of seventy. Yeah. The yeah. their defense was just insane. Like that. Yeah. That I, that Miami game was probably actually my probably one of the funnest watches of the season so far. Yeah, I'd for say. Sure. Yeah, and Chetty was just everywhere that game. I mean, doing oh, everything. He was rebounding. He, How about that? Yeah. You know, he got 12 rebounds or 10 rebounds or something. like 12, yeah. Oh, man, he was so good on the rebounds. Even, you know, that was the thing is like, you know, man, I could see Chetty sustaining this level of play. I don't think he's really doing anything that's outside what he normally does anyway. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, his comfort zone. He's sure. in his comfort zone. It's a perfect way to yeah. phrase it. Exactly. Man, if we're getting – and then, you know, the improvement – you know, I don't know if we need to take a break yet, but the, I want to give a shout-out to Isaac Okoro's improvement over the past couple weeks. I Yeah, the past three games for sure. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, he's gone from unplayable to, you know – not a not a, not uh, unplayable. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. He's, he's gone to like average NBA replacement level, which right. from where he was is a huge uptick. I mean, you know? yeah, he's twenty one. Come on, you know. We oh, absolutely. Use, you know, but the other so, thing that's yeah. funny about this is, it's well, like, it was JB having to adjust. Like, if it was yeah. finally JB kind of adjusting his minutes there and making him earn it. Finally, you know, yeah. like that's what I felt. What really has been happening is JB finally started getting serious about taking him out of the rotation. You know, he wasn't even going to play. There was one of the games he wasn't going to play unless there was an injury. There was there was an injury that happened in the middle of the game. And uh, JB put him in late in the second quarter and then had to use him in the second half. But uh, he was, JB actually finally benched him. So I think it lit a fire under, under him and we've been benefiting ever since. Well, he's certainly not in his own head as much as he was. Um, and, you know, his, the Miami game clearly his best game of the year. 13 you know this i love it it's, it's his best game of the year and he had 13 points it's like but, yes but the bar is low but well you no, gotta, no i mean but, but you got to move up somehow no well i i actually think he's kind of like mobley in the sense that if he's actually on his game he's impacting the game more than just scoring he's actually yeah. you know he's rebounding he's getting a few assists He's getting a few steals. He's getting a few blocks. You know, like he's doing more than just like he. He'll never be a scorer. You know, like the scoring is a bonus. But like if he's on his game, if Okoro is actually on his game, he's filling the stat. He's he's getting like a Draymond triple double. You know, he's like <laughs> doing eight, eight, and eight. You know, that well, that would be that would be. A good I, game I thought, I thought Okoro only got credited for one rebound tonight, and I know we had more than one rebound. Because I watched him get like three inside of like two minutes, so I know that box score is not correct. 
I thought he was rebounding as well as I've seen him just from a positioning and being engaged and going after the ball. He's, yeah. He was rebounding as well as I've seen it's him ha- rebound. Yeah, I would, I would agree. There's been an effort. I'm like seeing an effort now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he's going from contesting to rebounding now, which is, you know, I think he and Mobley have both struggled with that. Um, yes. Yeah, so, finishing the play. Yeah, just yeah, staying exactly. with a ball instead of ball watching. That's what that's what everybody wants to do is ball watch off that miss. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And with that, we'll be right back. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Cavs Podcast. I'm Nate Smith here with Chris Francis. And I know the guy you wanted to talk to over the last uh, few games, Darius Garland. Um, what have you seen from him? Uh, Oh my goodness. I saw a stat on him that said 115 points the last three games. And he put up a 26 and 9 tonight. Is that right? Yeah, 26 and 9 off of 14 shots. Yeah. I mean, Garland's, you know, the eight turnovers, yeah, that was bad, but he was still a plus eight on the game in 30, 37 minutes plus eight on the game, you know, so. Even if he was making mistakes, he was sticking with the play. You know what I mean? He was sticking with, you know, uh, staying engaged and, you know, making sure that he was uh, maximizing every chance he got. But, I mean, you know, I think Garland's finally hitting – the the improvement over the past few games of Garland and Mobley in particular, um, I think they finally – I think – it's interesting, like, I guess, you know, looking back, it's a legitimate excuse. Like, when they miss time in the beginning of the se- – you know, if they miss training camp, miss uh, preseason, it takes a little bit to get your seat legs under you, you know? And, I, I think uh, that's true. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, is that the feel you get now in retrospect or, you know, like – Well, I, mean, I think are... one of the things that Garland has struggled with um, is playing a little too much hero ball, um, especially in those kind of late-game swoons before this uh, three-game win streak. And I really do think that it uh, really ended uh, with that double, that second overtime in Charlotte, I really thought was what helped the Cavs turn the corner as a team. And mm-hmm. you saw it there when they kind of stopped playing hero ball, ran the offense, you know, got into their sets. The Cavs were really deliberate about that down the stretch. That was one of those things. Yeah, the where... dagger was Allen to Mobley, really. Yeah, yeah. that was a, such a great pass by Allen, too. Um, and, and Garland's, like, here. here's the thing about Garland. He, his three-point shooting is, is off the charts right now. I mean, what is he shooting on the year? Um Oh man, it's got to be like fifty percent. Something, something insane yeah, like it's that, ridiculous. right? Yeah, right now he is forty-four percent from three, which is, which is pretty lights out in the NBA. And 
I think he's something like 50% from mid-range. The only thing he's yeah. not doing is finishing at the rim right now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's uh, while dropping eight dimes a game and, uh, oh, a steal and a half. Um, really, really playing awesome. 24 points a game. Just playing he's awesome coming on. He's, he's starting yeah. to come on. Like, he's starting to, I mean, like, you said 20. So he's averaging 25 and 8 right now. Yeah, twenty four and eight. Yeah, twenty four and eight. <sighs> yeah, twenty two well, years old, right? Yeah, and the the, the crazy. <laughs> yeah, the crazy thing about him is who like, looked he better has, tonight. I mean, like he and he guarded and he guarded uh, Trey, Trey a lot. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, and the the thing that oh sorry, bumped the mic there. Uh, the thing that I love is right now his range is unlimited. Like he can, oh, yeah. he can knock it down from thirty feet. Like you cannot lay off him. And the one other thing I absolutely love about him and Mitchell, they do not miss when they're open. You know, like if they get the ball on a swing and they're wide open, it's it's automatic. It feels like. Yeah, pretty sure Mitchell's putting up his greatest shooting numbers of his career right now. Yeah, knock on wood. And the other thing is those two guys. They are punishing teams when they go under on the screen. Um, and the one thing that I've loved is as teams kind of jump out and double team uh, Mitchell and Garland, uh, all they got to do is make that easy swing pass, and the whole defense ro- is rotated to the other side of the court. So the whole defense has to move uh, to get uh, the other guy at the other wing. And when all those guys are out there. Well, then you see the Cavs, uh, like their backbreaker play tonight was Allen inside, then Mobley cutting from the weak side. Like the defense is just so far out. They, they can't recover to the basket. So oh man. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the spacing that now exists because of Donovan Mitchell. I mean, it's in, I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, Mitchell's we, we we traded for an MVP like he's playing at an MVP level. Yeah, like, well, and we, when we're you're playing, we're a contender now. When you're playing Mitchell Garland and Osman down the stretch, like those are three guys you cannot leave open. Um, and then right. you add you add love to that. Um, oh, hello, um, Mitchell and Osman when locked in are really good defenders. Um, yeah, you, you, the Cavs can run a four-out lineup right now. They have really good shooting. And Lamar Stevens uh, hit a big three tonight. I like uh, that. Man, his shot looked good. I thought I, – I think he's looking better. He looked better tonight than he has all year. I think he might have played his I, – I don't know. What's your take? Like, I think tonight was his best game of the season. I Well, I'm going to go back and – well, now I got to go look at his uh, Miami game, but this is his what third game in the starting lineup? Third game in the starting lineup. Yeah, I, I um, thought tonight was a real clean game from him. Like I, I just thought, you know, that's true. He was really good against Miami. He killed yeah, them. Miami. He, he had, killed them with that like mid range mid range yeah, shot, right? He had eleven and four boards. Uh, really nice offensive game. I thought his defense was better tonight. I thought he was, probably so. I would agree, really? yeah, because he had to he had to defend. Um, who did he he, he had to take? Uh, Deontay Murray tonight. Yeah, he shut Murray. him down. Yeah. 
Yeah, Murray struggled against the Cavs. Murray, Murray was oh, man. Uh, four of seventeen. Oh, dude, he he was not ready. The lights were too bright for him. <laughs> well, and Trey honestly struggled. I mean, the Cavs did what you have to do to Trey Young. You have to make him a scorer. You can't like you can live with him being a distributor. Um, a score, but you can't make him great at both. And he had 25 and 10 tonight, but he also had six turnovers, and they punished him on defense. So he was negative 19 yeah, on the game. Negative and 19. I'm wondering. Yeah, I want to see. I'm actually hot Googling action for the first time tonight. I want to see how bad that defense was. Oh, man, that's a great question. That is a great question. <laughs> so the, sh- the Cavs shot 60% from the field. 53% from three, and 87%, uh, 20 to 23 oh, from the line. So, oh, lordy. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay, so they, taking, they eviscerated. You, you, you yeah. want to know what the defensive rating was? Uh, what like, was the defensive rating for? Okay, so Atlanta's defensive rating tonight with Trey on the floor, 126.7. That That's not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and that's what you have to do to Trey. You have to seek him out wherever he is. Like, that was one of the things the Cavs were great at. Um, that was part of the reason that uh, Chetty got going, is they tried to hide Trey on Chetty. You're and right. Chetty just went right, right to the bucket on him. Absolutely right. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Took it to him. Uh, you know, I thought that it was just – I was – they're playing smart basketball. You know what I mean? Right. They're 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 starting to like get more consistent stretches of of smart basketball. And it, you know, and that was bound to happen. You, I mean, like, that's the story. To me the the story of the past couple games and and really the story of the past week, I guess in Cavs world is the improvement of Garland and Mobley overall, just overall defensively, overall offensively, just com- they're just hitting their stride for the season. And, well, I, yeah, you know, and, and once you get, I mean, once Darius Garland gets going, he's an all-star player. Once Mobley gets going, he's an all-star type player. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, and, and so you get them going with, Allen and Donovan, who have already gotten going early, you know they they were the ones that carried a lot of the success early. You know now you got four all stars starting to cook. You know I mean now you're starting to see. Look at what the Cavs did: thirty point blowout, fifteen point blowout tonight, methodical punch out. You know ten point, you know still with a ten point double digit win, even if it was uh, double overtime. You know nah. you're starting to see them impose their will their talent level is just starting to really shine now. I will say the the teams that they were playing a little beat up, you know, Charlotte definitely beat up with injuries. Miami, you know, they're really their only real positive player that was playing was Bam and Mobley was just outplaying them, but I kind of got the feeling that Bam was uh sandbagging a little. And then tonight, uh the Hawks really missed DeAndre Hunter. Um, who who might be their second best player uh, this season in terms of you know his total impact to the game and you know John Collins I don't think has been starting Clint Capella does not look good for them right now even though he rebounds um, 
I think it's only a matter of time before Onyeka Okongwu is in the starting lineup for them. Um, and so I do think the Cavs did get a little bit of a uh, uh, a bonus tonight with, with uh, Hunter being out. But also the Cavs are on the back end of a back-to-back, and back, back, to back and you take care of business, and that's what you do. Uh, I want to see this the Cavs play like this against a real quality opponent. Uh, that's what I'm excited to see. So who, well, I mean, who, they're going to get their shot against the Bucks, right? Uh, is that the next game? Uh, that might be. I don't know. <laughs> hot googling action. Hot, hot googling action shall ensue. Ooh, yeah, well, no, next? no. You know who's next though is the Trailblazers, who well, are very good. They're at the top of the. They're at the top of the Western Conference, aren't and, they? Yeah, and they just lost to Milwaukee. No, I think the Jazz are number one. Isn't that wild? Ooh, I know. I yeah, know. And, <laughs> oh, by the way, Jazz Clippers um, on just tipped off. Yes, so, I know. Uh, I wanted to catch a little bit. It's of that on NBA TV, today. so yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah. Well, gonna right now, out, oh, and Colin Sexton is starting for uh, Mike Conley tonight. Mike Conley, so. yeah, that was bound to happen. Uh, I'm uh, right now. Uh, oh, actually, okay. So San Francisco's a blowout. They're killing. Uh, I don't know who they're even playing. So what yeah, the football game? Yep, yep. Monday yeah. night football. Yep. So San Francisco, oh, they're beating the Cardinals. They're <laughs> this is a joke. Thirty-one ten in the third quarter. <laughs> wow. So um, you know another huge blowout tonight. The uh, Pelicans beat the Warriors by forty-five. One twenty eight. You know what that? Oh well, they 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 uh they started their backups. So oh yeah, so it was a scheduling loss. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but you know it's funny you mentioned that because that's a game that I could see. You know the two. So here's a question for you: What are the games that you you think the Cavs will regret looking back on this season? I've got two of them already, and one of them's that Golden State game. That's, oh, for that's sure. The Golden State game and the Minnesota game. Yeah. I'd say those are the two games, if there is going to be regret, you know, about, you know, if they didn't get the seed they want or didn't get the matchup they want at the end of the year, you know, for the playoffs, you know, looking back, is the, are those two games going to cost them what they wanted? Well, so and, and, you know. and honestly, the Clippers game. I yeah, mean, the, yeah. The Clippers yeah. game, even more than those two, to me was there you go. I I was like they only lost that game by two. I thought JB got pantsed coaching wise, and mm. they had a big league lead down the stretch, didn't they? I yeah. you know that's the game I missed. That's literally the only game I haven't really yeah. uh, paid attention to. I, I got to go back and look, but yeah, it yeah. was. They only lost that game by two, and and I thought that was one of JB's worst coach games of the year. Um, and, but I mean, really that whole five game losing streak, there was three or four games in there. Like they had a shot in every single one of those games, but the Bucks game. Right. Right. And, and a couple of those, they were leading till late and they just turnovers and poor rotations. Like that's where you can say, why is Okoro playing over Osman here? You know, those stretches and in those games, it, it was really obvious, but you know, let's not look back. Let's look forward. <laughs> um, the, the, what did you say the next game was for the Cavs? 
the Blazers. So the Blazers, yeah, they're, that's gonna they, be a lot of fun. They're feisty. Yeah, they're feisty. Over five hundred for the year. Um, yeah, really good. But on a losing up. streak too now. Yeah. So they're gonna be they're gonna be hungry for a win. Yeah. And uh, Cavs are sitting pretty at the third seed, and yeah. also with the best point differential in the conference. Interesting. By far. I mean, I mean, the Blazers definitely have a prolific backcourt. They got Anthony well, Simons. Well, uh, Dame is Lillard. I think Dame, Dame Lillard's injured. Yeah, Dame, Dame was out this game. Uh, and, you know, but they still have, like, every single guy in the starting lineup for them, even tonight with Shaden Sharp starting, every single guy can score. Uh, they got Josh Hart. They got Jeremy Grant. They got Nurkic. They have Anthony Simons, and when Lillard's playing, they have Lillard. I mean, that's as balanced of a starting lineup from any one of those guys can go off for 20 any given night as there is oh, in the yeah. NBA. That's going to be feisty. That's going to that's gonna be yeah. a, a big You know, that's everybody's going to think, oh, well, you're at home. You should win. But that's that's a 50-50 game, and it's a 50-50 game that the Cavs should win because they're at home and have the talent to win at home but it's going to be tough if they it's under if tough. they come in yeah if they come in just you know resting on their laurels then they could be out for an embarrassing loss real quick i i don't think that's going to happen because a kind of you Cavs get are that well and you get that rolling. juice of that home holiday game before thanksgiving like I, I feel like there's a little bit of juice there. There's gonna the the crowd. I'm sure there'll be a sellout, um, and that the crowd will have. You like some, the crowd being rowdy. I like you, the crowd you, being rowdy. You like the yeah. crowd being. Let's go Cleveland, baby. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's gonna be a fun one for sure. I hope Karis Levert can play. I'm a little concerned about Kevin Love. He's played in the last two games and clearly not very comfortable shooting the ball. Kind of wondering why he's out there if he's just out there to give him some minutes i i wouldn't mind seeing diakite out there but i think the other guy we're all missing right now is uh raul neto like why isn't neto getting some run especially against a guy like trey J- yeah uh, jb driving nuts i'm sorry <laughs> like uh, this we're, we've reached the grinds my the grinds my gears portion of the podcast apparently but uh i mean you know the thing that you know the thing that I was uh, you know going on about on the uh, thread you know post game or whatever pre game possibly I don't remember when it was exactly but you know the Cavs are basically a top two or top three you know they might be the best in the, oh wait no okay so they're ranked third in net rating so in the far, NBA or in the conference? in the NBA this season yeah with an eleven and six record. You Behind know, in Boston and Milwaukee, uh, Phoenix. We're actually and, ahead and of Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Oh, Phoenix and Boston. Okay. Yeah, I mean we're playing like we're playing like an elite team yet again. We we you know like Donovan Mitchell's come in and it's been we've taken the leap from uh, a playoff team fringe contender to actual contender. You know, but we we and but we've lost you know. You know, we've identified three games, and really, it's interesting you say that. Three games is the difference between us and Boston right now, you know? 
uh, for the top seed. You know, imagine having home court for, you know, all the playoffs for a young team, you know. For that, sure. That would be, you know, so I dream big, you know. So and <laughs> so that's the, that's the whole thing, though, is that, that's what I got kind of my eye on is how does JB grow this season? Like, the, the place I want to see some growth is these freaking rotations. Like, it's outrageous. Come on, man. It's, it's freaking, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. For sure. And with that, we'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, no. So coming back, welcome back to Cavs Podcast. I'm here with Chris Francis. We're talking about little Cavs basketball. We're talking a little JB Bickerstaff. Um, What's your take? We, we, need, we, need, we need Nate's take. No, I mean, I've, I've called him to task on a lot of things. I think uh, his, his tac- tactical acumen is at times poor. I think he's trying to straddle the fence a little too much between um, being a developmental coach and being a coach that's playing to win games. Um, It's interesting the way he handled Isaac Okoro because clearly there's a lot of other teams in the association that Okoro would not have been getting the minutes he got because, I mean, it it was he was just killing the Cavs. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> especially yeah. in that five game losing streak yeah. and to to show the confidence in him to keep playing him um and you were you could tell the team was super excited about him even just scoring 13 the other night i think sure. 10 of them came in the first half too um was you know they're all pulling for each other so it, it's a double edged sword with jb obviously He's the he's a vibes coach. Um, early in the season, you want a guy that's gonna stick with a guy like Okoro, who the Cavs need to develop. Um, even though it's painful to watch, and even though you got a guy <laughs> killing it there like Chetty. Um, but the other well, side that's of that, the, that's the thing though, is like you. That's that's my gripe is that you got guys like. You know, the the big one is, and see, this is where I give credit to JB. This is where I think I've seen growth from JB. Is like, he finally pulled the trigger, put Stevens in the starting lineup. Yeah. Ahead of Okoro. So, right. you know, so finally, but this should have happened. This should have been the case two years ago. That's what, that's what drives me nuts about these you know, this situation and just you know and it's, well, everybody's I think like two years everybody's ago like is... who cares you know everybody's like who cares about you know fringe whatever you know my thing is is look at what Lamar did his rookie season toe to toe with Kawhi you know <laughs> peak Kawhi yeah you know what I'm saying like there's very few guys in the NBA that are going toe-to-toe one-on-one with Kawhi Leonard and, and getting wins or at least making them work, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. So, so keep going. Keep preaching. Yeah, keep yeah. I mean, so, you know, and I'm not saying that you couldn't give minutes. I just say, you know, like my thing is just open it up. Open it up for competition. Like you said, like, I mean, you you, you, you were spitting facts earlier, like, Okoro has gotten the benefit of the doubt far more than some of the, like Chetty, than Karis, 
than Lamar. Like he, he is, you know, and, and I get it. That he wants to reward his effort on defense, but you know, effort only gets you so far. You know, especially on a good team, you you got to be able to play. You got to be. Well, able to I, I mean, I'm with you. I this is where I go back and forth because I do think. It's early in the season. You do need to right. no, let absolutely. a guy develop. Yep. But the other side of that is it's early in the season. You need to also not burn out your guards, which the Cavs absolutely did during that road trip. And I really think that when the Cavs get into these compressed schedules, he does not manage the load well. Like, agree. Neto needs some minutes. Like, you couldn't have taken you know, three or four minutes each from Mitchell and Garland. He could have, he honestly, even tonight, like if you want to nitpick about tonight, he could have given, even with the foul trouble, he probably should have given Okoro a little bit more run. He probably could have given Lopez, Lopez even just a touch more run, you know, like it's the whole thing. You you know, he could have bought like probably three to six minutes from each of those. Yeah. But honestly, to me, it's the load on Garland and Mitchell and, you know, play some Raul Neto who is not going to, he's not going to kill you on a guy like Trey Young, you know, because he's got enough offense that he'll be fine on the offensive end and defensively. He's not one of these huge imposing guards that's going to – Mitchell's not one of these huge imposing guards that's going to just be a total matchup nightmare for Neto. The nightmare for, you know, a guy like Trey is that he's so crafty, but Neto's also crafty, so you can play him a little bit there. Like, I would have loved to seen Neto get three minutes at the start of the second quarter – three minutes at the start of the fourth quarter. Like, just give your guards a blow. You know what I mean? Like, just... 35 minutes is so much more sustainable than, like, 38. You know? And you've got more juice down the stretch. I just feel like, you know, don't run guys into the ground in the beginning of the season. Also... And this one's a lot tougher than Neto to me, but Diakite um, is a guy that, you know, you saw four rebounds basically was Kevin Love's nights in 12 minutes. Like, could Diakite have done that against, like, who who were the uh, Hawks trotting out there as, as their backup? You know, Jalen Johnson or, excuse me, Okongwu? Like, I feel like he could have hung with those guys. I don't know. Maybe I'm I, wrong. I, you know, I did make the argument, you know, I made the argument yesterday's live thread, like, based on the Miami game, you know, to me, what was fair, you know, stemming from the Miami game is I felt like Diakite and Mobley, Isaiah Mobley, uh, Evan's brother, um, earned five minutes apiece. They earned, they earned an appearance in tonight's game, in my opinion. Like, yeah, I, I felt like they gave, you know, what you, you just give them five minutes, give them five minutes and see what they're going to do with it. Like the thing of it is, is what I saw in the Miami game, granted it was against scrubs or whatever, but I saw some great defensive effort. You know yeah. what I mean? I think that they can, you can, you can buy five minutes with those guys just based on five minutes of energy defense. Create some chaos on the defensive end. 
Like you can buy five minutes from them to do that. You know, I, I think that's and, really tough, and I don't know if JB trusts it. Like JB has trust issues. We've all talked about. Oh my god. Um and oh my god. And it's really tough because Diakite clearly isn't a proven commodity in the NBA, and and neither is Isaiah Mobley. But like you said. Rolo could have probably, especially against uh, Capella. Like, Capella's not this guy that's just going to totally destroy you. Um, well, and, you know, with, and, and actually and what pop, I you know? was crazy about, it, Lopez is the biggest dude I've ever, fr- he's like Mozgov. He reminds me yeah. of Mozgov. He, he's, he might, he's bigger than Mozgov. Well, he's actually, seven probably. feet and then seven four with the afro, so... <laughs> but the screens that he was setting, like he takes up yeah. so much space yeah. that that basically they were giving Donovan Mitchell free runs at the rim, just like putting him in the pick and roll with Lopez. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's just getting free runs to the rim. It's it's, in, it's unstoppable. You know. So. Yeah. <laughs> is a but I love it. You know, it's kind of like smash mouth offense. No, I'm with you. I, I just feel like, you know, you can What's it gonna take? you can what round you think, into like, that. At least he played a nine man rotation tonight. You know, right. I'll give him That's that. Okay, okay. I, okay. I don't feel like you should be regularly playing Mitchell and Garland over 35 minutes. And if that happens when Rubio's back, I'm gonna fire JB into the sun. But. You know, I'll I'll live with it for now if they're running a nine-man rotation. So, but well, I, mean, I mean, we're even down guys. Miami. We're down guys. I mean, like Wade and if if we just get back Wade and Karis, that's eleven. Yeah. So, and I think the odd man. I honestly think the probably the odd man out in that scenario is Lopez. Oh, it is Lopez. Yeah. Uh, depending on what's going on with Love, because. Right. No, I, that's true. I that's feel true. like they're just absolutely playing with fire right now, playing with love. They, they need to give them two um, weeks. Just give them two weeks. They, just, they can't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Play Diakite. Play Isaiah. Play like, I'm, I'm losing yeah. my mind, dude. Like, this is driving me crazy, man. Like, we're, yeah. we're, we, we maybe <laughs> I'm going to a dark place here. I'm, I'm, I'm screaming and begging for Isaiah Mobley minutes. Yeah, where, well, where, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you you are. But I'm I'm with you. I I don't think like have you learned anything from Kevin Love's injury history? Don't play him when he's hurt. Like he's just Oh right, right. It's so dumb. Uh, like, yeah, what the last time JB did that, he cost him the season with his calf. Yeah, and I just I don't understand what the Cavs are doing there. And at least they're not playing Lavert now. Um you know, and, and let's talk about Lavert a little bit. Another yeah. brilliant game against Miami. You know, like you said, his, his net yeah, rating. Yeah, plus 70. Yeah. Yeah, he, he and just... yet he didn't score a point. <laughs> <laughs> he had four assists, five rebounds, a steal, uh, 14 minutes, and he was everywhere, but he has no confidence in his jumper right now. Yeah, Super no, fun. he he looked a Coro bad out there for a second. With well, uh, but he's still 
dribbling the ball and making good passes. He exactly. Just no, that's the whole thing. That's, yeah, that's the whole thing is that, well, and, and that's kind of what made me mad about, if you look at all of his attempts in that game, Karras' attempts, they were all threes. He didn't well, take any attempts in the mid-range or at the rim at all. Yeah, but also part of that was because he just didn't trust himself. Right, So true. No, absolutely, and and he just needs to get out. Like that's the whole thing is you know going back and looking at his numbers, his whole game is predicated on having the confidence to shoot the jumper. Like he right. just needs to do it, and when he does it, it opens up his. See the thing about Karis, I think the things that I've learned about Karis so far, at least in this season, is that he's a great passer. He's a wonderful pass. Like he's an elite passer. He's one of our best playmakers. He's he's to me equivalent the passer as as Mitchell and and uh, and Garland. You know he's that good of a passer. Uh, he and he's a defender. He can defend on the perimeter. Like he was getting down on defense. I mean, uh, him and Chetty totally suffocated the Miami Heat defense or Miami Miami Heat offense. So, uh, but the thing of it is, is that Karras is just not an efficient scorer. That's the, that's the kind of uh, aha moment I have with him, is that his lack of efficiency in his scoring game makes him, it, it just, he has to be a backup. He's never going to be anything really more than a backup. Or he needs like a, he needs a Donovan Mitchell or uh, Darius Garland as a guard to play off of. He needs a guard, like a, a you know, he needs a do-it-all guard to play off of. So, Well, I mean, to me, the guy that I really think the comp is there, I think he's a smarter player than this guy, but Jordan Clarkson is a really good I comp. agree. That's actually a great you – know. I was just thinking that is – Basically, what if what if Jordan Clarkston played better defense, was a better passer, but a worse shooter? <laughs> right. Well, then he'd be Karis Levert. He'd be Karis Levert. Well, the other Levert. thing that drives me nuts about Levert is his finishing angles are terrible. Like that's one thing he is not good at. Like he just tries to scoop that ball in or do the floater all the time, and he hardly ever uses the glass, and it it's just a mess. Like. He needs to go back to, he needs to be, he reminds me of Colin Sexton his rookie year. Like, just terrible finishing angles. He needs to go back to finishing school. That's just all there is to it. He just needs to pull up. Like, literally just pull up. Like, that. my, my whole thing I don't think Karras he's a good pull-up shooter, though, because he leans he, he so has much. Been a sh- no, actually, he, he has historically, I believe, been right, a right. good that's off what, the dribble But that's shooter, what the problem so. is this year. Oh, yeah. Well, no, he's, I mean, he's just, much. he's just, to me, it's just, he's indecisive. He, he I think he, what it is, is he's in his head because, you know, he feels like, you know, I don't want to take this shot because I don't want to let the team down. Well, he's forgetting his role on the team is what's happening. He's having a crisis about what his actual role is on the team, and that needs to be figured out with the coaches because his role on the team is he is the third option scorer on the perimeter behind Garland and behind uh, uh, Mitchell. He is the third guy that's going to have the ball in his hands and is going to be expected to be able to create his own shot or create a shot for somebody else. You yeah. know, that's, that's his role. And he needs to embrace it and run with it. And, you know, he needs to get out of his head that he's a ball. Like, he's too – see, that's the whole thing is he's too self-conscious about being a ball hog 
that it's, it's psyching out him. He's totally psyched himself out of a shot because he's so worried know. about being a ball. I think you're over over analyzing this a little bit. Um, I mean, I've, I you know, I'm just saying, like, because because that's the whole thing. It, well, it drives me up the wall. He people call him a ball hog. He's one of the best passers on the team. You know yeah, what I'm and saying? It's like, not they, like he's taken a prodigious amount of shots. Exactly, exactly. So that I'm just trying to combat the narrative with some facts here. Let's combat you know, like, the narrative. You know, nice. I mean, everybody just assumes he's a chucker. He needs to chuck the ball. Karis, yeah. please chuck the ball. Please chuck the ball, Karis. <laughs> just chuck so, the ball. Don't so listen to I'm the gonna, haters. I'm going to come back and tell you what the real story with Karis is after the break. <laughs> Welcome back to Cats Podcast, and I'm Nate Smith here with Chris Francis, and we're just talking a little Karis Levert. And you know, while Chris Francis is there begging for Karis to chuck the ball, I'm gonna say that better things are coming because this Karis to the bench move, I think, is gonna pay all the dividends in the world. It's gonna end up being a beautiful move for them. Uh, one because Karis needs the ball in his hands a little bit more to be effective. Uh, to kind 100%. of get his feel. And that's part of the problem when he's with the, the starters. There's just not enough uh, touches to go around. So that's problematic. So I think him off the bench is going to be so much better. Um, and I think the other thing that's going to happen is when Rubio is back, it's going to get even better. Because one of the things, secretly, Karras has been really good from the corners this year. And they're not setting him up there this year enough and I feel like, okay, when Rubio is back, they can get Karras in the corner and, you know, run some of this uh, this pick and roll at the top and then, you know, kick to the corners. I think that's when the Cavs are really going to start rolling on offense. And that's what I'm excited about. Plus, I'm excited about they're, that. They're already a top five offense. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, they're going to be rolling even more. Um, what I'm excited about too, is that defensive backcourt, you know, we saw it with Karras and Chetty, you know, uh, Karras and Rubio on defense is going to be awesome. So I'm super excited about that. Um, so man, Uh, I mean, yeah, it, 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 God dang, it feels so good to be a Cavs fan right now. Like, damn, it feels good to be a Cavs fan. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, oh man, for real though, for real. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm that that was a lot of fun. Those three games. I mean, I think one of the problems with this team, and I think we reflect on it, we reflect it as Cavs fans. I think one of the issues early in the season is they were getting a little too high on themselves after wins, and a little too low after losses. And I think they've got to kind of come at things with a little bit more of a workmanlike approach and just, uh, like, don't get too up or too down when you win. It's about how you played. And, and you know, move on to the next game. I, I am all about celebrating people's success. But I also, you know, one of the things that I feel like the JYD award has gone a little too far, like, I almost feel like you're rewarding things for for great defense and you know really playing out of your mind are but I also feel like you know these are the things that all the guys should be doing like maybe we should stop making that a special award 
and just that's the expectation. And I, I, I think it's hard to do when you have started something like that and the team looks forward to it and you need these wow. stupid Are you really going after the Junkyard Dog Award I right think, now? Are you, are you going I after it? I think at are you, some are you? point the JYD Award needs to get retired. Wow. I do. You're I such do. a curmudgeon. I am a curmudgeon. What's going on here, man? I am Your a curmudgeon. Kids are having fun. Sustained. Don't you like fun? Uh, no. No, <laughs> winning is a grind, my friend. You got to grind every day. Winning is its own reward. That's a, that's my uh, that's my. Yeah, I am no fun. Uh, I, you know, we're not going out to ice cream after the game. <laughs> I don't know. Oh Maybe I, I am a Scrooge. Oh apparently, I I think Tis the JYD award is a little oh ridiculous. Wow, it's like the Intercontinental Belt. There's only one WWF belt, and the, <laughs> you know the Intercontinental Belt. It's all BS. You know, we'll see. Wow, I don't oh know. I just think you goodness. know, tamp down the exuberance after wins and. Don't be so down in the dumps when you lose, and you, you probably help a little bit. I don't know what I'm talking about. Obviously, I've never coached an NBA team. Uh, the only coaching I've done is, uh, you know, third to eighth grade girls basketball. So, oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So I uh, definitely wasn't a curmudgeon then, so I totally understand that you've got to have fun things for guys. For, players to look forward to so yeah there's the 82 hell, what games, the hell do man. i know yeah they're, they're, yeah that's the thing for me it's like stop pretending you're coach k nate they're, exactly come on man come on they just, i feel like with young guys they need to have fun they need, it needs to be fun for them you know i think that's like the you know and that's i think that's probably the genius of jb is like whatever he's doing he's keeping it fun he's keeping it light you know um and you know uh, with young guys, I think that's that's probably the best tactic for young guys. Um, but I, I think also, I think that's also part of the reason why Kobe. Honestly, you're probably touching on part of the reason why Kobe brought Donovan Mitchell in is to bring in some more seriousness and, and just urgency about winning. Basically, you know, like. Donovan Mitchell's in the prime of his career. He wants to win a championship. He's already been to the playoffs, you know? Like, he he knows what the playoffs are. He wants actual success, you know? Well, and he's playing like an MVP right Yeah, exactly. Like, he's on a mission. So, I think, you know, to what you're – I think you actually, you know, you're kind of speaking to what he brings to the table, I think, in terms of leadership to bring this all back – you know, around and put a nice bow tie on it is, nice. you know, I think that's, that's like why Kobe brought him in, you know, is to have that kind of guy and that kind of example. I think another guy that I, I would assume that reinforces it is love, you know, like I know love has, likes to have fun, but love also likes to win, you know? Well, love, love pouts when he doesn't win. <laughs> I know, we right? Know exactly. Exactly. He's a sore loser. I like sore losers actually. <laughs> well, that's me. <laughs> there you go. I'm you know? sore and I'm a loser. There you go. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. That's what it takes to win. I like that mentality. You know what I mean? You got to have that. You can't can't be. You have you to know? have a dissatisfaction with the status quo. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
Amen, brother. I love that. <laughs> there, there we go. That that's some corporate speak right there. So. There you go. Is it, is it corporate? Oh, have they commodified oh, yeah. that? Oh man. Oh that's, yeah. That's... No, that was from a uh, a performance review. Is like uh, healthy dissatisfaction with the status quo is is uh, the the um, expected gotcha. behaviors of 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 a role I once had. So. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Oh so, my god. Yeah, it was Shoot a little bit of. Face. <laughs> well, I'd rather not, but <laughs> <laughs> metaphorically, metaphorically, Sorry. parody, parody. No, obviously, know, no. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I think you do have <laughs> to have kind of a a little bit of curmudgeonliness and a little bit of not liking to lose and a little bit of you know that's where the emotion comes from. And Kevin, I do like Kevin is an emotional player when he plays. Um, yeah. Yeah, he 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 feels it. Like he when he's on, like that's you know, it's funny, like that's when the cavalanche it's when he and Chetty, you know, start flowing, those are when the cavalanches really happen, right? You know? Yeah, I'll agree with you there. I'm uh I'm super excited for when Well it was Rubio. Back. It was actually Rubio. Yeah. I know, and that's what I'm excited for because when Rubio's back, oh my gosh. I know those, those cavalanches the you know, uh, <laughs> the uh, my my brother in Christ, Ricky Rubio. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he is Jesus. just Jesus de base basketball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like that's gonna be so much fun when he is back, and like that the ball's gonna be hopping, oh. and everybody loves playing with Rubio, um, and when we get back, oh my god, you just gave me chill, yeah. dude! You just gave me chills thinking about Rubio's first game back. Oh, it's gonna be so much fun! And how weird is it? Like the guy literally played what, like fifty. Games, not even, I don't think, last oh, year no. for the Cavs. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Like, 45. Yeah. And, like, had such a huge impact on the organization in just half a season. Like, I love that he's on a three-year trip right now. And and all, all praise be to Jose Calderon, who uh, clearly had some influence there. Yeah, and, and yeah. And the Cavs. And how about Kobe for his gambit? Traded oh, him yeah. away, got Karras for free. You know, or and not got for him free, back. but well, for a first you know. rounder and got him back. Yeah, got it back. Yeah, yeah. And when we come back, I think uh, we might talk about uh, who Rubio might end up playing up playing with, and uh, and stay tuned. Welcome back to Cavs <laughs> the Pod Trough. I'm here with Chris Francis, and we got a little trade slop. <laughs> No, you there you go. Saying. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Got a little trade slop. So yes. I was going back and forth a little bit on on the social media platform that shall not be named um, <laughs> today. And, you know, I do feel like despite everything going on, the Cavs still, you know, that small forward spot is still not ideal. And there's oh, some I beg guys to differ. Yeah, I beg to differ. You beg to differ. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Dean Wade. Jimmy Dean. Like, Jimmy Dean. Like I don't know. Knee infection I'm a scares believer. me. Uh, the knee the knee does scare me. But like I think it's just a an infection, not like actual problem with it. Is it internal infection or was it like Yeah, a... they said it was bursitis. Oh, ugh. 
Well, that's not that. There's things you can do about that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So as long as it doesn't, you know, as long as they treat it, as long as it yeah. gets treated, it should be okay. But like, it's still, you know, that's kind of up in the air because they just. I think he just went on antibiotics, like okay, uh, like a week ago or something. Okay, so the thing that I'm like kicking myself yeah, go ahead. Sorry. for yeah. right now, like. The Cavs had probably a shot to get uh, Bojan Bogdanovich. Now, the issue there probably would have taken Chetty, so maybe that wasn't the smartest shot. But oh, uh, hell no, no, that'd be dumb. Yeah, but I mean, Bogdanovich like is putting up twenty a game on sixty three true shooting right now. Like, there are guys the Cavs should probably kick the tires on. Yeah, but what do we? What do we? Yeah, he's too expensive. You think don't mess with the vibes, huh? Oh yeah, I mean, like he's too expensive. Who would you? I mean, like how? Like what's the hypothetical? I don't know. I don't know what the 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 story there is. I feel like, um, Karis Levert and probably a guy like. uh, Oh hell no, no. See that? Well, they can't even trade for Bogdanovich because he signed an extension, didn't he? Did he sign an extension? Uh, that yeah, actually, we might be coming upon the deadline for that, actually. Isn't the deadline for that, like, December? I don't know. See, the, Eli, gosh damn it. Where's Eli? Yeah, right? <laughs> Eli would know the answer to this question. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, this has been hot Googling action in the second hour of Cavs the yeah, Podcast. that's right. <laughs> But, um, no, he but, did sign an extension, so they can't trade him. So for the year, so he can't right. be traded till next off season, right? I believe so. Yeah. So okay. I don't even know why I'm getting getting all up in a tizzy about that. Yeah. But, but good for him. Come on. I mean, I need I need better slop than this. Who, who else? Yeah, do you have? I don't know. Um, who else did I have? I had uh, the Bulls. Uh, I think I was, you know, it was a pipe dream. Uh, for uh, Pat Williams. Um, oh no, you he's, said, he's good. yeah, he's shooting the lights out right now. Well, I'll give it. I'll give you this. Pat Williams is a better idea than Bogdanovich. Yeah. Well, the problem with Pat Williams is while he's not killing it, he or you know, while he's not like his per game numbers aren't just through the roof. He's still scoring ten pulling down four boards, and, oh, uh, just shooting 42% from three, which is pretty, and 95% from the free throw line. I mean, that's pretty darn good. Like, you almost wonder why they aren't playing him a little bit more. So, I I do think I'm, the whole Patrick Williams is a bust thing is, is probably a little overblown at this point. Uh, other guys I threw out there, Alex Caruso, you know, Javante Green from the Bulls. This is just guys on the Bulls because it looked to me like yeah, the they're imploding. were imploding. Yeah, right. They were, and then they beat Boston tonight. So. Yeah, well, there you go. No, I mean. It's just too early to tell on any Yeah, no, I mean, and, well, and the thing is, is that, uh, yeah, it's too early to tell, and the East is going to be a bloodbath. You know, like, yeah, Brooklyn hasn't gotten going. Uh, Philly hasn't gotten going. Uh, who'd you just say? Uh, you the team you're just talking about right now? Uh, Bulls and Bulls, yeah. Bulls haven't gotten going. Yeah. yeah. Like I had some, 
I don't like Terrence Ross. I think that's a terrible idea. But then there's always Gordon Haywood out there. Or get Gordon Hayward, and I can't stand that dude. And then some guy was trying to sell me on Jonathan Isaac from The Magic. And I'm like, that cat hasn't played in three years, and he's crazy. So <laughs> I just don't, I don't know if I buy that. That's that's my take is that there's no yeah. one out there. What like yeah. who are we well, getting? I'm, that's yeah. you know th- like that's the thing for me is like you know take for instance uh, Bogdanovich for Karis thing. Karis handles the ball. Karis passes the ball. Karis can still play defense. We're, we like yeah you, no, you gain you. something you gain something in the three point shooting department, but you lose a lot of, of other things that you need. You know especially yeah. when it comes playoff time and then. Like it matter like playoffs are when your third option matters. Like all of a yeah. sudden, Karis is going. Karis and his abilities are going to matter when option A gets shut down and option B gets shut down. Right, you know? and you and you've got to have somebody to run that bench offense. You do, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and you know, I feel like if you can float, you know, you you got my juices flowing. If you can float like a Karis. If you can buy ten minutes in a playoff game with Karis and Rubio, mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's huge. That's amazing. Yeah, like I'd take that backcourt. I'd take that that backup backcourt. Like again, if you anybody. can win the minutes when your stars are on the bench, that's huge in the playoffs. Exactly. Exactly. Or just not lose minutes and not bleed yeah. minutes. You know. Like, because that's going to be the question: Is are we going to bleed minutes every time Donovan Mitchell sits? I, yeah, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> exactly, we're going to find out, baby. We're we're because yeah. we're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Uh, maybe you're right. Uh, another uh, some guys on the Hornets, Ubre, which I can't stand Kelly Ubre, but yeah. he would. He is kind of fills that small forward swingman role that the Cavs still feel like they could they could use some guys there. PJ Washington also, although he's a terrible defensive player. Um is he? Well, I thought just, he was a good rebounder. I don't know. Now I got to look it up. <laughs> but I was just looking at his plus minus numbers. Uh, you know what, well, you know what I think games. about PJ Washington is I would be very intrigued by like pulling a little marketing type deal and moving him to the three and seeing what happens. Well, he's only six seven. You know what I mean? It's right. not like he's, right, but he play he's played yeah. typically small ball four or five right. with uh, Charlotte. Yeah, for sure, and. Yeah, also Charlotte, a team that just doesn't do things intelligently anyway. So, not a great... 53% true shooting. It's actually his defense is okay, but his offense is kind of where he struggles. But that team's so goofy, I don't even know. I just feel like that's a guy that kind of has been miscast on his current team and could be helpful, but he's not a great rebounder for his size either. So, I don't know. The, just some ideas yeah. I was throwing. I just around. don't a little think it. I, I think that yeah, there you go. I I just think you know we need to bring in the best doctors for Dean Way. We need to <laughs> the put, best we need doctors. To, we need to bring in top uh, men, as they say. Shaman, shamans, yes. We need <laughs> acupuncturists. We need what? We need all hands on deck for Dean Way oh, because. Man. 
Dean Wade, you know, I've already, okay, I've already, you know, I've already put this out there. I'm going to go on record right now and Cavs the blog right now, Cavs the podcast, and say Dean Wade top five small forward in the NBA. What? <laughs> no. Right now. Yes. No, right now? Like right not now. in the future? Not in the future. This I think season. you are smoking <laughs> something that I want. <laughs> I got you covered, brother. I got you covered. Uh, Dean Wade is a very nice player. He is not a top four small forward. Oh, it's in the happening. NBA. It's happening. Now, it's hell, happening. two of those guys that I named I earlier are, are on happening. the same team. Um, it's happening. <laughs> he's going to make you. Grant, he's going to make Jeremy you eat Grant your words. And, he's going to uh, make you. Jeremy Grant's not better. Nah, fuck him. Then Dean Wade. Come on. No. Take Jeremy a Dean Wade 10, day, and, 10, times, uh, 10 times out of 10. And Hart from Portland are already better than Dean Wade. No. Like, oh, give me a guy. break. Hart? Oh, my God. Come on. Yes, Get serious. Totally. Get serious. Totally. Oh, no. No. That's that's a, that's that's dis- oh, that's disrespectful. On. That's disrespectful. You're being disrespectful. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. I've taken the pro Cavs position here. So, by default. <laughs> you are Kevin Durant. Better than Dean Wade. Okay, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. I, I will give you that one. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Jalen Brown, better than Dean Wade. Although I think he plays two. I don't remember who. Yeah, yeah. That's, but they that's... play like a weird three guard yeah. thing. I got I got Katie. RJ Barrett. No. Not even close. Dean Wade better. <laughs> you are no. Lori oh. Markinen. Okay, Markinen's better. <laughs> Markinen's better. Only but because he's old, a former Cav, right? Only like because, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Oh, man. Indiana Pacers, Ben Matherin. Ooh. Although, I don't know if he's playing he's the not better now. Or the... He, okay, so, yeah, Matherin's <laughs> not better now, but he will be better. Matherin looks really good. Matherin's really good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he that, looks that, like, that he, indie team is surprising. Like, I mean, are they? They got Tyrese Halliburton for a win in the song. No, I know it's, but they are surprising. Like, they are fourth in the East. That's not surprising in the bloodbath East. Rick Carlisle working some magic, huh? There, there you go. Well, and everybody thought they were going to trade Heald and uh, Turner, and they may still because Turner, I believe, is a free agent at the end of the year, and I yeah. don't think he wants to be back. But nope. man, they are on a they're on a six game win streak, five game win streak. They've won uh, seven the of the last division? eight. How about yeah. the Central Division? What a bloodbath! Outside of um, outside of Detroit, yeah, the Central yeah. Division is uh, is tough for sure. Um, oh yeah, and they're starting at the three. They start Buddy Heald. I'll give you Dean Wade over Buddy Heald. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. There we go. Yeah. So but, you know, there's uh, only a few guys. Okay, I'll give you oh, like a few so, guys. LeBron few guys. James. Okay, Brandon Ingram. You know, Demar Derozan. Okay. You know, LeBron Jimmy Butler, James. maybe. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Dean Wade better than LeBron James. Come on. LeBron plays the four now, anyway. Yeah, exactly. And he doesn't play, period. So he's 40. 
He's already he, he, oh my he's on lord! His, uh, you were you were killing me tonight, Chris. There you go. You know, I, I had to do some Dean Wade propaganda. Come on, come on! You know I had to do it. You knew I I'm had to I'm do excited. It. I'm excited to see what Wait Dean till... Wade brings to the table when, there, when there his you go. knee heals. Yeah. Oh man! When I, his I mean, like, you were talking about, No, but you were talking about it. Like, you know, what if we get the fucking what? What if what if we Whoa, get? Whoa! Watch your language. This is a PG yeah, so, rated podcast. Oh dang! <laughs> I mean, what if Dean Wade's with the starting lineup? What if we finally get the Dean Wade with Garland, Spida, Mobley, you know, and Allen? Allen. Oh that, man, that could be a pretty good starting lineup. That could be a pretty good starting lineup. I mean, we have not seen it yet. We haven't have we? seen it yet. We have so not that, seen it yet. So that that brings me to something I'm going to get into after the break. That you're going to think I'm nuts again. So uh, with that, we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to Cavs Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I'm here with Chris Francis. And my flaming hot take: the Cavs still got fleeced on the Donovan Mitchell trade. Oh my god! Oh my god! Lori <laughs> <laughs> Markinen playing like a top twenty NBA player right now. Um, Donovan Mitchell playing like a top ten NBA player. But did the Cavs give up too much with Lori Markinen? Colin Sexton and control of five draft picks uh, for Donovan Mitchell. I think they may have Laurie Markkinen's playing that well. Come on, man! Come on! <laughs> oh my goodness! You, you don't is agree? He, is he playing better than Utah's Donovan Mitchell? number win? Is no, he playing better than he, Donovan Mitchell? No, but it's close well, enough that it's you, an oh, argument. Wait, wait, wait. No, it's not an argument. It's not a close argument. No, no. They're the number one team in the West right now. That that's Well, that looks to be over pretty soon here. <laughs> they're down 10. Oh, they're down 10 in the second quarter. Come on. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah, come on, man. They're, they're a nice story. They're having a nice little run, but but reality's going to set in here. And Laurie Markkinen, I love him. He was the A minus. I gave the trade an A minus because of Laurie. How good, how good Laurie was. How good Laurie was. Yeah. No, I've been always a Laurie defender. But come on, man. Come on. Like, okay. I'm we just we saying. got the best player. We 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 literally have an MVP level player. Uh, and they do not, you know, because Laurie. Well, is I will say, well. if you are getting an MVP caliber player, that is the answer to that argument. So I'll, I'll yeah, agree you know, with you but, there. But yeah. I'm just hoping that I'm just going to start calling him the Finnish Diggler. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm just going to start calling him because I don't know if you saw that turnaround it, it, well, against it, Phoenix the other night, was, but it was Dirk-esque. Oh, right. Oh, okay, okay. There you go. Well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, and and I feel like this is the clincher, is that what you have failed to consider in your calculus is the subtraction of Colin Sexton. <laughs> is an improvement? I mean, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I am not. Yeah, I mean, we don't. I'm need not to trying to disrespect him, but I'm just. Wars, yeah, but, yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to disrespect him at all. But I'm just saying that we were ha- we had Colin Sexton starting, and now we have Donovan Mitchell starting. 
Colin Sexton ranked 233rd in the NBA in estimated plus minus uh, with a negative 2.3. So I see what you're saying there. And whereas Donovan Mitchell and they paid him and they paid him 70 million. So that is literally a nine point per game swing. So I'll, I'll, I'll 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 see how many assists Uh, how many assists I mean Mitchell's came in you know he's dealing he's got to be dealing he's got to be around five or six so So, uh Sexton is two assists in uh how many minutes a game is he playing uh he is playing 20 20 minutes a game 18 minutes a game two assists so if you say he was playing 36, it would be four assists. That's definitely uh, not ideal for a lead guard. And compared to Donovan Mitchell, clearly not as good. Um, it's an interesting take. I think Colin Sixon probably has found his best role lead guard off the bench. I don't know if he could have done that here. I think probably too much baggage in Cleveland. I don't know. Agree? I mean, I, I think I think he would have done it. Uh, I, well, actually, you know, come to think now, I'm second guessing myself because the money <laughs> thing, the money yeah. thing was obviously a big thing, right? Yeah. Well, and obviously it should be. That's going to be. I mean, you look at the way he's playing. Um, that's probably the biggest payday he's going to get, and so he should have held yeah. out for the best payday. I mean, that's generational money. Uh, no, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I support, his, you know, always his, support. If he's smart, kid. his grandkids will be living off that money. So, you know, yeah. No, I mean, it's a. Uh, you know, I think he would have been fine. I just think that we just went from a six. We went from a six man, and you know, good to possibly elite role player in um, marketing to an MVP player. So, yeah. like, I, it's just, I think, and I think we're not really going to see, we're, we're already seeing it now, but we're not going to really see the effect of that until the playoffs, until yeah. the game slows down and it's all about breaking your opponent down off the dribble. And, and good Lord is Donovan Mitchell playing well. 65% true shooting, uh, 75% at the rim, 45% from the mid-range, 40% from three, and 88% from the free-throw line. I mean... He's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. Like, he... I, every and a 26% shot he takes, assist percentage. Exactly. Every shot he takes, I am expecting it to go in, and yeah. he almost never misses a read. Yeah. Well, that and... I, I don't know if I would describe anyone as a clutch rebounder, but that dude is a he clutch is. rebounder. I agree. I like that. You can I think there are clutch rebounders. Like that guy when that team needs a rebound, he just snatches that thing he out wills of the air it. like he a, will like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like Jordan. He just he has and like that's the thing I I didn't appreciate, you know, not watching him, you know, when he played in Utah. And I, you know, I just heard the hype and was kind of annoyed by it. But now watching him, like, whoever said it, someone said it in the live threads, like, at the beginning of the year, he's mini Braun. He's like a, a yeah. little mini Braun. Uh, that like would he be just, me. 
Oh, was it you? <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, there me. you go. That was brilliant. That's brilliant. I, that's the perfect description of his play because he can impact every single facet of the game. Like, yeah. there's nothing he can't do on a basketball court. Literally, nothing. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And now I'm looking at Laurie Markinen's numbers and I'm like, man, he's playing almost as well as, not on the same usage, but, uh, almost as well as Donovan Mitchell. I mean, 65% true shooting. Uh, also having an awesome season. I'm super happy for him. I think my one kind of ideal universe is if the Cavs had a, could have figured out a way to keep marketing and that deal would have been ideal. Oh, no chance. Absolutely no <laughs> chance. Well, yeah, it's hard to get one over on Danny, on Trader Dan. So... Yeah, I mean, no, no, there was, a, like, you, every would started off, like, well, I mean, that's the thing is, we were not joking when, when we were podcasting over the summer, when it were just late in the summer when it broke, and, you know, when it happened, we were not joking. We were the only ones saying that trade was for Lori Marketing. Oh, yeah, it wasn't for Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton was the throw-in. Basically, the Cavs said, yeah, you need to throw this guy a bone, so he doesn't burn our franchise down to the media. <laughs> and I do kind of think that's what that was. I mean, whatever. I mean, the politics, well, it, that, you know, that, that seems to be. But they also had to do that to make the salaries work. No, absolutely. Well, and, uh, and you make a great point, actually, because um, they, you know, when they when you see the retrospectives about them uh, talking about the trade, it, the the reason why the trade happened was because Kobe has a relationship with whoever the front office guy at, at Utah is. There's yeah. a prior connection. I don't know if the guy was involved with the Cavs or if they were involved. Well, remember in another they traded together like three times: the Clarkson deal and the Rodney Hood deal, and yeah, Larry Nance and yeah, Kobe's and friends with their front one. office yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. So there was a prior relationship there. There was an open communication. So that's how the deal got done. Was uh, yeah. Basically what happened was Kobe secured a promise from the Utah uh, front office saying basically the promise was Kobe was like, I will throw in all these things for the trade if you guarantee that you'll do the trade if the New York deal falls through. Nice. So that was you, the, okay. So I got a follow up question. Yeah, go ahead. Do you think that's why the Cavs drafted Ogbaji? Because that's who Utah wanted. Possibly. I mean, that's because totally Ogbaji looks hasn't done anything. He looks like a horrible draft pick right now because he's not even playing. Right. Right. No, I mean that must be the case because I mean it, it, it's interesting. It, it's a great question. I don't know actually because I mean. Look, Agbaji was a that made sense as a pick. Like it didn't make any sense to me. But you remember me on draft night? I was baffled. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it made sense to me just as uh, they wanted to take the uh, they they were projecting the athlete plus the shooting. You know, they like because that was the thing is they had no spot up shooting. So I got why they took the spot up shooting. But like he literally can't do really anything else. So is that's the question? You know. But uh, no, I don't know. That's a great question. I wonder. Yeah, I don't know if there's been any rumors or anything. I, I haven't heard that either. Uh, 
because he looks like a terrible draft pick right now. But, I mean, good. This draft has been super deep, too. Feels like. It's I mean, been we've fun. Seen, I mean, yeah. there's fun guys. There's fun guys. And, and you know. It's uh, like full of mushrooms. Yeah, there you go. Fun guys. <laughs> fun guys. That's right. <laughs> I love worst. it. I love it. Come on, some dad humor. You got to have some Oh, dad absolutely. Humor. Oh, yeah. I'm a father of three daughters. I get hey, all the time. <laughs> Never stops. <laughs> the puns don't stop. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's been, yeah, it's been a super fun season so far around the NBA, for sure. I mean, Definitely seeing a change. We're having the, fun. I know we're having yeah, fun. Feels like a total changing of the guard out west, other than Phoenix. I think it's a changing of guard everywhere. Look at the yeah. you know, look at the top four in the East. Well, I mean Boston and Milwaukee. Feel yeah, like but I mean, the class it's of kind of there's it's 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 really their time, you know. Yeah. They, I but mean, they got Giannis in their prime. And oh, Giannis is so Tatum, damn good. Yeah, and Tatum in his prime. I, well, I don't know I want... if I've seen a player that's just physically as imposing as Giannis uh, since Shaq in his prime. And that includes LeBron. Like, when when Giannis gets his shoulder into you, it's over. You know, he just is the strongest player I've seen in the NBA since Shaq. I think, I think the thing about Giannis over... Uh, it's not about the strength. Uh, no, I mean, LeBron's strong is just as strong. To me, the thing of uh, Giannis is the length. Like, he's so freaking long. Combine that with the strength. You know what I mean? Like, it's Yeah, but to lankiness. me, it's, it's the strength, though. I mean, he's just so explosive. Like, yeah, I even, don't know. I mean, like, come on, man. LeBron. LeBron no, I just think it's, I think it's <laughs> 1A to LeBron's 1B is what I'm saying. Sure. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I mean, no, I mean, I don't know about that. Like, I mean, he, you know, we want, we've watched LeBron. So, I mean, like, it's hard for me to say. I, it, well, that's why I'm, I, I'm not saying that lightly. I'm saying yeah, that's sure. how good Giannis is. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, he's on that I think level, LeBron sure. is more skilled all the way around. Uh but when it comes to pure pure physicality, Giannis is like number two to Shaq to me for guys I've ever watched, and LeBron's yeah. probably third. <laughs> you know, but yeah. LeBron was more skilled as an all around player. That's um, fair. I mean, that's fair. I, but, I just yeah. yeah I, no, I, but Giannis ain't that far behind him. So yeah, I guess yeah. that's fair. I just don't see. I see more of. Giannis's speed, like I, I see his game is more speed and length with that little bit of strength that he added. Oh, I, I, I just he he to me like once he gets into you, it's over because he's so explosive. But I mean, it's I mean we're talking about the giants of the game too here, so it's yeah. Like, well, I mean, you, you know, a, we're talking about three of the strongest guys ever to play in the NBA. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I know, I know you, I'll tell you one guy who doesn't think uh, Giannis is all that is Jared Allen, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, why'd he duck him then? Well, he's injured. Or I know, he's sick, was messing. he? Yeah. No, uh, yeah, it was uh, ankle slash, ankle slash uh, sickness, yeah. non-COVID illness. 
So he probably had a little flu or a little... Yeah, that bug, whatever whatever was going around, man. Yeah, well, that's why uh, DeAndre Hunter was out tonight. Oh, really? Yeah, it's going around the NBA, so... Yeah, clearly. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, Yeah. Did not like it. Yeah, I guess Garland had it, too. Yeah. A couple weeks ago. Well, and Garland, I mean, even you talked about him getting healthy. Like, his eye didn't look right until, like, you know... Not it even still doesn't look ago. right. It, it, he, yeah, he, but it think, was... I think something happened to it tonight, too. Oh, he got hit in the face again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he needs to... It looked bad tonight. It he needs bad. to get the, the Rip Hamilton mask. You know what I'm talking about. The Phantom of the right. Opera mask. He needs the goggles. He needs to go goggles. Kareem I think he... bar goggles. Oh, maybe. Or I'm thinking the... Uh, I'm thinking the Antoine Carr Oakley's. Ooh, yeah, I think yeah. That'd be I, a like good look. I like Oakley's. I like well, or or the remember the the Ray Charles glasses he was wearing on the sideline. Like he needs a sports version of those. There you go. I'd like that. Yeah. Although I feel like his vision's so good, I wouldn't want to wouldn't want to bring back Rex vision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm there with you. <laughs> I knew you would be. You're, you're, <laughs> I'm that big of a dork. You're 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 a real. Oh my god! Have I ever one. told you you're my Rex Spec story? No. Well, you okay. got a Rex well, Spec story. Have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll get into that after the break. Yeah. So welcome back to Cavs of Podcast. So I do own a pair of Rex Specs. They are. So I call them my tactical glasses, and uh, so I had LASIK like 10 years ago, and my vision after LASIK just kept getting worse again. So um, about six or seven years ago, I bought some glasses that, so I had my regular glasses, and I was like, I've got to get glasses to play basketball in. But I also wanted um, glasses that I could wear to the beach. So I got transitions, <laughs> and my wife just like these are the wow. most ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous. She didn't things. divorce you on the spot. It, it it was a thing about living in Ohio. It's gotten so conservative now that you can't divorce your husband for getting uh, rec specs that are transitions. <laughs> it's like a little known little known law. Um. So I, oh Dewine, what, you know, DeWine put that in about <laughs> about three years ago. But um, it was – and every time I wore them, she was just like, I can't believe you were wearing transitions. And then – but, like, the oh perfect thing God. is, is, like, I would go to the beach and I would actually have the strap on the back of them, like, like you know, the oh really – like like – I'm playing basketball in the Special Olympics, basically, is what oh. what is going on there. So I would have the the strap, but even then, when I would play basketball, I'd play in a gym, so they were just slightly tinted. Uh, but when I go to the beach, they're like full tinted. And then when I'm wearing my tactical hat, like you know, the kind where the sides button up and it becomes like a little cowboy hat. Or you can take it down, like you know, like uh, the the green water black berets wear. You know, just the tactical hat. You know, like I should be walking around with a with a long gun pointed to the ground, like that, like a tactical hat with those. Like, how could I look like more of a man, Chris, than right there with my tactical glasses? You know, running around with my tactical hat. 
you know, running around with my headband and my shorty short shorts and my tight white t-shirt at the gym. Like I'm a man for all seasons with these tactical glasses is what I'm saying. We, we, we need to nominate your wife for Stanford. (laughs) That's, that's what I've determined from this story. Oh man. We'll have to hang out sometime because she's, she's, (laughs) she's awesome. No, that's fantastic. Uh, (laughs) Shout out to Nate's wife. My goodness. My goodness. And even my kids are like, uh, dad and his transitions. But the (laughs) worst part is if I lose them and, or if I lose like my regular glasses, then I got to, you know, before now I have a pair of dedicated prescription sunglasses. So I don't, and they don't transition. Even though the the guy went, so the guy that works at the Costco optical in uh, Hudson, he's like the most bespoke guy ever and he's literally if like michael sarah and um oh what's his name uh uh coppola ah god the guy from rushmore it's gonna drive me nuts now who's in oh not mount rushmore hot googling action rushmore no No, the kid rushmore uh Jason Schwartzman. Sorry. Oh, Talia Shire's yeah. kid. Anyway. Ah, okay. Okay, Jason. He looks like Jason Schwartzman and um, Fudge. Who's the other? Michael Sarah had a kid. Like this guy that he's like, do you want to get the transitions? And my wife just gives me this like death look when I'm kidding. <laughs> like, not again. I did not sign up for two pairs of transitions. So, yeah. But so now I have regular glasses. I have my dedicated sunglasses. And then my backup pair that I only wear when I've lost my glasses is my transitions. and Or when I have to take one of my kids to school after they've kind of been a piker for a while and I just want to totally embarrass them, I'll just wear those. And I also have a shirt. It's a cat in a cowboy hat riding a shark with a rainbow coming out of its mouth. I'll wear all that whole ensemble together and just to embarrass them. So, Oh, my God. That, oh that's my God. father of the year right there. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Someone, someone, so someone much is called, happening right someone now. Someone called the, yeah, someone called the fashion police. My God, there's been a murder. <laughs> someone, someone called Child Protective Services and saved, <laughs> saved them from this man's taste. <laughs> okay. Anyway, next Cavs game. <laughs> Cavs are that was the best segue ever. <laughs> What's okay? So let's let's pull up this uh, Cavs Thanksgiving schedule. <laughs> oh my! I'm looking God. forward to the holidays for sure. Oh my God! Cavs oh Thanksgiving God. schedule. What are you so, wearing for the holiday? Oh my God! I know there's I know there's some horrid outfit for Thanksgiving. You oh got my God! Saved. I I don't I, I don't I have an ugly you. sweater. I don't. Oh my although God! I just, I, gave did. You, I just gave you an idea. God dang it! So I did one year, and you've seen Christmas Vacation, right? Oh, cool. yeah. Well, yeah, I did seasons. one year dress as Cousin Eddie. I got the white V-neck sweater. I got a black dicky. I got tight oh, green God. pants that I shoved a sock into the crotch on, oh, and I no. slicked my hair back. It was glorious. 
It was I. I went as Cousin Eddie. It was it was pretty cool. Um, I thought this okay. was PG rated, but you just you just made it rated X. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's it's TVMA at worst. Okay. So we got the Trailblazers coming up on Wednesday. That's going to be a banger. And then Bucks yep. on Friday, Pistons on Saturday, and then oh, I'm sorry, Sunday. Pistons on Sunday, and then Raptors Raptors rematch Jesus, another in Toronto to on Monday. Let's kick that team's butt. That's oh all my I god, say. I hate yeah Toronto. My least favorite team in the league right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and with that, well, no, so we'll be right back, and then uh, we'll have pitches, and we'll roll on out of here. There we go. Welcome back to Cast Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, here with Chris Francis, um, and we're, we're about to sign ourselves out of this one, but uh, looking forward to the Cavs. Ooh, uh, I, got a, oh, I got a pitch for you. Okay, uh, you're okay, going to pitch sorry. me. What are you no, going to pitch me? Okay, I got one. Lay it on me, Francis. Okay, so you just inspired me, musical act, St. John. Okay. People, you got to go out and hear St. John. You, you know, like, the, you know, uh, probably people have already heard his one-hit, you know, Roses, you know, so people think he's a one-hit wonder. But St. John's probably one of my favorite artists right now. Uh, if you like hip-hop, R&B, slash reggae, slash, you know, rap, um, a little bit of rock and roll, like he—he's kind of like an amalgam of different genres, but mainly hip hop. Uh, but I can dig John. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like uh, he calls himself the Ghetto Lenny Kravitz. Nice. That's 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 his vibe, the Ghetto Lenny Kravitz. Interesting. And so my musical pick is uh, I've been listening to Calexico, which is a uh, Ooh, band. I've heard that. Yeah. Who oh yeah, they're a band out of. Uh, Albuquerque, and uh, kind of, uh, if you ever heard the band Beirut, uh, they're kind of contemporaries with Beirut. It's kind of that out of that okay. same musical scene. But oh, they yeah. played with everybody. They're a backing band on a lot of people's studio uh, albums, uh, and they... Uh, oh, they gotta be they're uber talented. Excellent. Oh, they're uber talented. They actually have a Christmas song uh, out right now that's on like 10 different Christmas collections. It's called Green Grows the Holly. Um, and it's a really good song, so check that song out. But their whole catalog's fantastic. So uh, they did a couple albums with Iron and Wine. Uh, they backed Nico Case on some albums. They've uh, Goldfrap. Uh, they did some tracks nice. with Goldfrap. So, yeah, they're uh, backing me on a ton of different indie artists and, and mainstream artists that you've heard. So, uh, yeah, check out Calexico. Uh, their whole catalog going back to the early, uh, early mid-aughts is fantastic. So, And then as far as booze goes, uh, I've been uh, switching to uh, hard liquor. So this is uh, Legend, L-E-G-E-N-T. It's a straight bourbon whiskey, partially finished in wine and sherry casks. And Ooh. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read you some of the co- the copy here. Two legendary creators behind some of the world's most revered whiskeys have come together to bring you something special, expertly distilled by seventh generation distiller Fred No 
NOE, and then refined by world-renowned chief blender Shinju Fukio. <laughs> Legend is a marriage of East oh, and man. West. Oh, it's man. a celebration of craftsmanship of Kentucky bourbon balanced with the artistry of Japanese blending. Wow, that sounds amazing. From rich aromas of mature oak and lingering spice to the flavors of dried fruits pulled from wine and cherry casks, every sip of legend is worth savoring and sharing. Wow. They didn't even pay me for that, but they should have, because I I got the shit out of that. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. uh, We will uh, uh, be back in the live thread for... um, uh, the the Blazers on Wednesday and have yeah. a happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And as always, go Cavs! Go Cavs! Swimsuit check, sunscreen check, phone charger check. Don't forget to pack the five hour energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get twenty percent off when you use code five he travel at fivehourenergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.